SEN Summer Brecky, Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis with you this morning in the chairs for Vossie and Brandy. The boys are back February the 12th, Monday, February the 12th, Super Bowl day. Vossie and Brandy will be back in studio MC. It's been an interesting morning. We've been talking about Wayne Bennett throwing his hat into the ring in the New Zealand coaching job uh, and talking to people about their opinions, including yours on if Aussies should coach other national teams to try and scheme up and beat Australia. We might talk to Tim Payne about that in a cricket context. He's coming up, former Aussie skipper. He'll be with us in a few minutes' time to talk all the ramifications of the test loss to the West Indies at the Gabba and the upcoming ODI series, the Australian Cricket Awards that are on tonight and plenty more. 0457 736 736 is the Edgewater Homes text line and the open line 1300 011170. There's a bit of audio yesterday that we played off the top of the show at mm. six o'clock. You wanting to run through this again? I think so. I think, I, I think we want to hear the full audio. So this was off the back of, of Jimmy Smith um, coming back from, from holidays and coming back with a bang and, and wanting to reduce test matches from five to four days. And you had your say. You disagreed with it uh, on the show yesterday morning. And then when Jimmy returned to the hot seat at midday, he had his say again. How the hell would Trent Copeland know? He's a failed wicketkeeper who's now transitioned into being an NRL super coach, Nuffy. No, I'm kidding. I actually have a great deal of respect for what Trent's got to say. However, I still disagree. How, if you have five days of test cricket and you lose a portion to rain, then you still need sporting declarations at times to make them competitive test matches. How is that going to be different? So your rebuttal, it's flawed. It's flimsy. Somehow you, you're not seeing the forest for the trees, Trent. Okay, that's just my thoughts against yours, and you're the former Test cricketer, so I, I take all that on board. But let's get someone who does know their sport intrinsically. The final thought from Dennis Carnahan. I've got a challenge for you. Oh, please. We need a Trent Copeland song at some stage. Well, I've got to say, Trent Copeland was this close to being in the show. Oh, really? Oh, I've been so taken by his commentary and by the gangliness, so I had this <laughs> The gangliness. <laughs> Perfect. I love that. Yeah, Jim, I couldn't believe it either. That Trent fella basically called you a flog. That's exactly what he called me, 397. Jimmy, I want to see a fight. Smith v. Copeland. The thriller, that's vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad, Matt. And Rooster Man. Comes up to me and goes, Trent, two, Jimmy, zero. Anyway, look, my thoughts on that. Oh, dear. We're in the boxing ring. Uh, Very good. I fully encourage all of that. And our next guest is likely to add to that. Throws punches at me left, right and centre every time I see him. It's former Aussie skipper Tim Payne, SEN Tassie host as well. We love your work down there. Payne, good morning to you. Good morning, gents. Thanks for having me on. What are your thoughts on the five days v four days test match stuff? Oh, I don't think you even have to ask me, Coach. Steve. <laughs> we know five days of test match. Yeah. That's why it's called a test match. And that's the difference between that and, and first class cricket. Um, and if you can give me a good reason, then I'm all for it. But um, I heard Jimmy talk about sporting declarations. I don't think, you know, it's good in theory, but I think if, you know, let's talk about a Bangladesh or someone that comes to Australia. They aren't going to be... A draw for them would be a great result. Mm. Um, they're not going to be trying to declare. I think it would actually make the game slightly even more uh, boring, if you like, for those people who want it to be more entertaining. I think the fifth day of Test cricket is often the most entertaining when the pitch is wearing and it's difficult for batters. So, um, you know, like you, I, I love the five days. I'd like to see it stay at that. 
we we had a good discussion yesterday morning off the back of your comments, Tim, where um, you were critical, I guess, of, of former players supporting or openly cheering for the, the West Indies to win. We both agreed with what you said. Um, has there been any more fallout from from that? No, not at all. I mean, it's, you know, you guys work in the same industry. You know, we're there to talk about it and, and have an opinion and, and we don't have to agree and people don't have to agree with what I have to say, but it's just something that I, I've i felt a few times and, and certainly um, the end of the test match the other day, I, I could see again. I don't know what Copes thinks about it. I just feel sometimes whether it's a bit of... I'm, I'm not sure what it is. I just feel like sometimes some past players like to see this current Australian team lose. And again, I could be wrong, but it's just a feel I get. Um, at times, it's um, it's a difficult watch for me when you see that. And I get they're in commentary and they have to um, give praise of the opposition. Um, but yeah, when it tips over to a bit of barracking for me, it's, it's a bit disappointing. Payne, my opinion was I was sitting down ready for a walk-off interview with Shamar Joseph just before the last big break. And he already had Pfeiffer. And, you know, the whole magnitude of the situation, I found myself incredibly, you know, caught up in what was a moment in time in Test cricket. This was the start of something yeah. really special. I still wanted Australia to win, but I was watching yeah, greatness in front of me and I was I was literally just caught up in the beauty of Test cricket. That's where, yeah. you know, I was in that mode, wanting just both teams to be doing great things right in front of me and seeing him yeah. five metres away at fine leg with tears in his eyes about what he was yeah, what was happening two years ago? He wasn't even yeah. playing cricket, so that's the magic yeah. of Test cricket, right? It is, and and don't get me wrong, everyone I think enjoyed the contest um, and loved seeing the West Indies or a little bit of the West Indies evolve because it, it, it's going to be great for Test cricket if they can get there. And as you said, you're there seeing it and you're calling it for what it is. But when it when it goes a little bit too far and it's almost a, a wanting us to lose or a barracking for an opposition team. I just find that a little bit hard to take. But no, other guys I think caught it spot on. It is. It was it was it was great viewing. It was entertaining. Um and and his bowling and his spell was was fantastic and uh his the whole story is brilliant. So from a cricket fan's perspective, uh I get it and from the networks wanting to sell that, absolutely we've got to push it. Um we want them to be great. We want other teams around the world to to improve. Um but yeah, I just I, I don't like that sort of feel when it turns to to almost barracking against a team that you you once played for and were a huge part of. MC was sledging me yesterday because I was talking about how much I love the New Zealand national anthem. I was going to bring <laughs> this up. I was going to bring <laughs> this up. Yeah, have you ever sat, sat there and uh, well, particularly the New Zealand anthem, but just anthems in general, where you you caught up in New the Zealand emotion of the goodie. moment? Yeah, absolutely. In a way, ashes. It's hard not to sing God Save the, well, as it is, King now, but God Save the Queen. And when the whole ground's singing it, uh, at times you're going to go, geez, hang on, I'm, uh, I'm actually playing in this game. And another one is it's, it's not as good to listen to, but if you play in, a, in front of a full house in India and the whole crowd is singing it, um, yeah, they're, they're, again, they're amazing moments that we're lucky to be a part of as, as Test cricketers. I liked you before you started backing up Copes here, Tim. Ask <laughs> uh, wicket keepers, look after each other. Ask wicket keepers, yes. Uh, just back on the the test match and, and the vibes around the West Indies and, and the fallout, I, I, I guess, do you think the performance by Australia has, has been glossed over a little bit because of um, there wasn't that hatred in the loss and, and people 
have sort of glossed over the, the Australians' performance because of the fact that there, there is this feel-good story about the West Indies? Yeah, well, I think probably externally and through the media, it, it, it's been missed how sort of disappointing our performance was as a team and, and to not be able to ride it over the, the whole test match against an opposition, which, let's be honest, we were we were far superior to, was, was disappointing. But I touched on it yesterday. I thought the team just looked a little bit tired, both physically and emotionally. And after a big 12 months for a number of those guys winning World Cups and World Test Championships and an away Ashes and... Um, lots of things happening in the last 12 months. It, it can happen and, and you don't sort of realise it's happening, particularly when it's um, that sort of emotional, sort of mental fatigue. Um, you sort of don't realise it probably until after the fact. So, um, yeah, I think it's been glossed over. I don't think the Aussies will gloss over it. I think, you know, I heard Pat got a bit of stick yesterday for his pre-game, but that's that's what he's got to do. He's got to come out and, and praise the West Indies for how well they played. He's not going to take the gloss off their victory by saying that, that they were poor, but I'm sure internally the Australians would, would know that they were well off um, the standards that they set themselves and, and know that that's a test match that they should have won. But they're not going to come out and and say that and, and take the gloss off what was a, a great win for West Indies. Yeah, well said. Uh, the bowling group largely performed pretty up, much up to expectations, but I'm interested in your thoughts on the top six batters, Paney, and heading into a, an away test series against New Zealand. Do you think the makeup will stay the same? And uh, I guess that's where the questions lie, right? Yeah, I think it will stay the same. I don't think, you know, they've been pretty clear with the Steve Smith, Cameron Green thing. I don't think it was a, an experiment. I think Steve Smith wants to do it and, and word is they tell us through the selection and, um, and comments that they made in the media, that's something that he wants to do for um, the rest of his career. So, um, you know, I, I thought he batted beautifully in the second innings in, in tough conditions and without yeah. getting a lot of support. And uh, I think Cameron Green, guys that have seen what he can do at first-class level, know that at some stage it's going to translate into international cricket. And I like that he's getting an opportunity to settle into a position. Uh, and I think, you know, people have uh, probably been a little bit critical of him, but... If we can give him enough opportunity um, in the coming years, I think we're going to see a world-class uh, batter and bowler. And, and when you can get someone like that in your team, it, it can change the dynamic of uh, of the setup. So it's going to be really interesting to watch him. But um, you'd know Cope's bowling against him. He certainly got the ability. And, and yeah. people that have played first-class cricket or played test cricket with him know why he's continually going to get these opportunities because he's a once-in-a-generation and he can, can really change that team. So... I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in the coming series. Pat Cummins, almost everything that he's touched since he's taken over the captaincy has turned to gold. Mate, what have you made of, of his captaincy? And I guess the one criticism has been around the inability, I guess, at times to set plans or, or have plans in place to, to dismiss uh, the, the tail end. Oh, look, yeah, well, I think he's done a brilliant job, both him and Andrew McDonald. You can tell that that Australian team's a, a really happy um, you know, really enjoyable place to be playing at the moment. And, you know, if, if the only criticism we've got of Pat is some field settings to the 9, 10, 11, then I think he's doing a, yeah, yeah. a brilliant job. And, um, you know, again, that's a frustration having been out there myself and you hear it in commentary, oh, they haven't got a plan. If, if people believe that the Australian cricket team are going out on the field without a plan, they're living in, in a different world to Disneyland, me. Disneyland, yeah. Everything they do is planned to within... A bloody inch of its life. So, look, it's sometimes plans don't go your way. Uh, sometimes you don't execute them. And sometimes the opposition, their plans are better than yours and they execute better. So, uh, look, I think the two of them as a combination, Pat and Andrew, have done an amazing job. And you can see with the trophies that they've pulled in the last 12 months that 
um, you know, they've done a, a fantastic job and um, I think it'll continue. But yeah, I think Paddy in particular has been brilliant in the way he's led that side. And um, as I said, if the only criticism is some field and a couple of plans to the tail, then um, that, that probably says enough about how good a job he's done. Payne, the Australian Cricket Awards on tonight, the Allen Border Medal, the Belinda Clark Medal, uh, in the Daily Telly in Sydney today, Ben Horn's predictions, Mitchell Marshall, Osman Kawaja, Travis Head, David Warner, Pat Cummins all in the mix, and the Belinda Clark medal, Elise Perry, Ash Gardner, Annabelle Sutherland, and numerous others. Uh, what are your thoughts on who might take it out tonight? Well, I don't think I've ever picked a winner in it, because I don't <laughs> understand how it, how it sort of overlays and what points count towards what. Uh, the Allen Border medal in particular is a difficult one, but I think Usman will probably win Test Player of the Year, won't he, if you yep. um, go off what's just happened internationally. Uh, Travis Head is probably a good shout for, for one of the white balls, I think. But again, mate, I, to be totally honest with you, the last six weeks I haven't watched much cricket. Um, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask in, in that sense. But um, oh, look, I'll back Ben Horn in. He's a good judge and he's watched a lot more cricket than I have in the last 12 months. Yeah, we've been discussing it in here. I think it, the, in the women's game in particular, it's largely the team is pretty constant. They play all formats, yeah. and, and I think yeah. it's, you know, Elise yeah. Perry's had an incredible year. Um, yeah. But in the men's, I mean, Pat Cummins was named the ICC Player of the Year, encompassing all three formats. So I, that's where yeah. my prediction lies when it comes to the Allen Border medal. I think Pat Cummins will win that. Maybe Mitch Marsh because of how well he's come back into the test fold. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Again, they've played so much cricket, the men, over that period of time. It's hard to actually keep a gauge. I need the numbers in front of me. Who's played how many games? Yeah. Well, they are. But again, I think the international awards are normally a pretty good um, side of what's coming up. And um, let's be honest, wouldn't be surprised if Elise Perry wins again. She she cleans up in that yeah. thing. And again, as you said, she's been... The, the Australian women's team is so dominant in some of their teams, it's hard for anyone outside of you know the top three batters or the, the opening bowlers to win it because they normally clean teams up and get the job done. So um, that wouldn't be surprised if the winner comes from the top three of their, um, of their batters, either heels or um, or pairs again. And just on the fact that you said you haven't watched much cricket over the last six weeks, Tim, what's going on there? No. No, well, I've been involved in the Big Bash, so I, I kind of just focused on that. And then when you get to um, get home, I sort of tended to switch off a little bit and um, it's certainly not like me. I'm a I'm a massive cricket watcher, but um, as I said, well, I've sort of been back in working in the game. And then uh, when I've been at home, I've tried to sort of switch off and, and help out and be around a bit more rather than just sitting in front of the telly. So um, <laughs> try and get some brownie points at home and then um, kick it off again soon. We'll make sure our wives don't hear that bit. <laughs> 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 Painy, love your work, mate. Uh, you're doing great things on SEN Tassie as well as the Adelaide Strikers. Thanks for joining us this morning here on SEN Summer Brecky. Nah, no worries, gents. Anytime. Breakfast is powered by Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together.